There's none like you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We exalt your holy name. We thank you, Father, that there is none like you in all of the universe. So, Father, we choose to serve you and to worship you and adore you, Father. We thank you for your goodness and kindness and mercy. And, Father, we give all praise and honor unto you alone, Father. Thank we you. thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. Is the Lord holy? You know, uh, uh, just when Christmas started singing that song, she said that God is full of healing. And um, I got to thinking about um, the fullness of God. And, you know, there's a couple of verses, but I wanted to read one of them in particular. It says in Ephesians 3, 19, it says, And to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. So Paul is telling us that we can be filled with the fullness of God and... Um, if we are actually filled with the fullness of God, how much sickness and disease could reside in our physical bodies? I mean, if there's no sickness and disease in God or in heaven, which there's no sickness and disease in God or in heaven, and we are filled with the fullness of God, how much room is there left for sickness and disease? Well, there's no room for sickness and disease if we're really filled with, with uh, God, amen? amen? And is that is that something that we can have? Can we actually be filled with the, yes. with the f- fullness of God? Well, it says we can, that you might be filled with the fullness of God. Uh, all the fullness of God. Uh, and so, uh, it, and I don't know anybody who believes that, that God has sickness mm-hmm. and that God is full of sickness. And so, if they did, we probably got to help them out some other ways. Amen. But um, 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 so, anyway, our, we can be filled with, with the fullness of God. And so, I think that's, uh, that's a, good, um, a good place to be. Amen. Mm-hmm. So, we finished up uh, chapter 10 uh, last week. Uh, and uh, she was talking about uh, grandmother's bitters, not a really big fan of that in particular. And uh, so I, I was excited about chapter 11. And then, uh, uh, of course, it's been a while since I read chapter 11, but then I read it again, and, and uh, 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 I wasn't quite as excited when I read it, you know. <laughs> um, you know, the thing about faith, uh, to be consistent in faith, it's, it takes a lot of diligence to be consistent in faith. It's really easy if we're not careful to kind of waffle between faith and being like the rest of the world, especially in the church, right? And, and especially in the area of sickness and disease, it's really easy to kind of slip over into thinking like the world thinks and thinking like much of the church thinks instead of thinking like the Word of God thinks. Um, and so we've got a th- few things to correct in chapter 11. <laughs> and so uh, we're not mad at anybody, but, uh, you know, chapters 10, and maybe when she wrote chapters 10 and 11, you know, I, maybe she was having a bad day or something. I don't know there. But, uh, but she starts out in chapter 11 and makes this quote. She says, there is nothing more essential to our well-being, physical, mental, and perhaps even spiritual, than an adequate amount of, refresh, of refreshing natural sleep. Uh, that is a completely untrue statement. Uh, that is not a true statement at all from the Word of God, right? Uh, now, in the world, they will tell you things like that. You have to have uh, exactly so many hours of sleep. In fact, uh, we're getting ready to go to spring forward, right? And they'll tell you that, that spring forward and the fall back causes billions of dollars of lost wages and lost uh, produ- productivity in America and around the world because people completely go haywire when they lose an hour of sleep. Uh, and, and, and I'm thinking, what? It's an hour of sleep. I mean, you can literally go to bed an hour early or an hour later, and it's okay. Uh, I mean, do, do, you, do all of you get like exactly, is that a thing that you get exactly the same number of hours uh, of sleep every day? You know how many hours of sleep I get? How many I need? I go to bed when I want to, and I wake up when I want to. It's not like, you know, I got to say, oh, it's eight o'clock. Got to go to bed, you know. Uh, it, it's uh, it's uh, six in the morning. I got to get up. Uh, and um, I mean, it's just and I don't even use an alarm clock. I just well, I wake up when I wake up and I get up and I get up. And, and um, that's not always the same amount of time. Right. Because I wake up and I might not get up for a while. You know, I might sit in bed and read for a while. But um, but uh, this statement here and I have heard statements like this, especially when it comes to related to sleep. Uh, that people elevate sleep as being, I mean, nothing more essential. That's a pretty strong statement. Nothing more essential. That means it's more essential than faith, than the Word of God, than the Spirit of God, than life itself, breath and air and food and, you know, 
uh, it, it's, uh, it's a pretty strong statement, and, and I guess um, uh, that I couldn't disagree more with that statement there. Because she started out, nothing more essential, you know, and I, okay, you know, we're going to get a really good statement here, right? Something like, uh, nothing more essential than an adequate amount of refreshing Bible reading and prayer. You know, okay, now I, can, I, can, I can deal with that, right? Nothing more essential than an adequate amount of refreshing Bible reading and prayer. Well, that's probably a true statement, right? If you don't have an, an adequate amount of Bible reading and prayer, you're going to suffer in this life, right? Uh, and, and, um, uh, and so what's important is what does the word say, right? I mean, this is my opinion that what she said is not exactly correct, uh, but my opinion is based upon what I read in the word of God, amen? Uh, now, I don't know anywhere in the Bible that says you have to get a certain amount of sleep. I do know, uh, like in Proverbs chapter 6, uh, it talks about getting too much sleep, right? Uh, it says in, in Proverbs chapter 6, verse 10, Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep, so shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth, and thy want as an armed man. So can you be uh, like lazy and sleep all the time? Now, I'm not saying if you've got medical conditions, you sleep all the time. It's different. I'm just saying, you know, I ain't going to do nothing. I'm going to lay around in bed all day, right? You know, uh, and um, I remember uh, anybody ever seen that show? It was like called The Wife Swap. I never watched a show, but one time it was on and I happened to watch a few minutes of it, you know, uh, and, and that was all the first and the last episode I think I uh, saw, you know, and I probably had to, you know, go into some some uh, intercessory prayer to get that out of my brain anyway. But anyway, so the head. So this one lady, you know, so she said she's a, a shama or something like that, made it up, right? And so she has to lay in bed all day, and someone has to come, you know, and wait on her. Well, her husband was doing that. Ain't no way. I mean, you know, Chris called me up. Hey, you know, you know, I'm in bed. Can you make me, you know, you know, breakfast or something? I'm like, are you sick? You know, no. Uh, I mean, are you missing a leg or something? I mean, is there something serious going on? No, I just, it's noon. I just want to get out of bed today. I want you to fix, you ain't fix your own breakfast, you know? to noon o'clock, you know, and, um, and so she got by with that, to her, but then the other guy's like, ain't doing that, you know, get out of bed yourself, and so, so she, was, she made up this whole persona, complete lie, so she could be lazy and lay in bed all day long, right, because uh, my Bible says that, you know, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands uh, to sleep, so shall thy poverty come as one that uh, traveleth. So you can sleep into poverty, right? You can sleep your way into poverty. And some people do that, right? Some people just, they, they just can't, uh, whatever it is, they just they can't get up out of bed, you know? And I'm not saying, uh, you know, again, if it's a medical condition, that's a different story. But some people are just lazy, right? They just they don't want to get up. Uh, and Proverbs says, you know, don't need to be that way. And, and so, uh, but we know the story with Jesus. How many times did it say that he went and prayed all night? Sometimes said he prayed all day, right? Um, and so, well, you can't pray all night. You've got to get your sleep. Uh, and, and so uh, here, here's the balance of that. You know, we do need sleep, right? I mean, uh, medical doctors have proven that, you know, people that go without sleep even for like three days will nearly go insane. Amen. Uh, uh, so uh, assuming that, you know, everything's kind of on an equal level, you've got to have a certain amount of sleep. What that is. I don't know what that is. I think it depends on your particular situation, right? Your particular physical body. Um, some people get by with, with uh, a few hours of sleep a night. You know, some people get, uh, need, uh, I know like babies, they sleep um, like 10, 12 hours a day, right? I mean, you know, I mean, how lazy is that? You know, they're all, in, every baby's you know, doomed for poverty, you know, until they straighten up, right? Uh, and so, uh, but... Uh, I mean, we're going to have a grandchild here in a little bit, and they'll be lazy as they can be, right? You know, sleeping all the time and not doing anything productive. Um, and so there's no, there's no amount, there's no limit, right? There's no specific amount, you know, it's from the Word of God. And when, when doctors say things like, you have to have so many hours of sleep, I, I, I recoil at that because I don't see that in the Word. I see that sleep is fine, right? And we'll look at some scriptures here that says that we can have good sleep. Uh, but... Um, I think even in the church, we elevate certain things like this. Well, you've got to have, you know, minimum eight hours of sleep, right? That's the number. Well, who came up with that number? Why not seven and a half? Why not eight and a half? Why not six or eight or 12 or, you know, who came up with exactly eight hours of sleep, you know? And um, I don't know where they get these numbers from. Uh, and I can't imagine that's, that's valid for every human being in the world, right? I think it depends on your particular makeup and what, what you need in your life. And if, especially if you're not well, I think you probably sleep more, right? And if you and if you, and if you are well, I think you can probably get by with less. Uh, and so, 
so let's turn back over to, to Proverbs 127. Let's just see what the Lord says about sleep. And uh, let's base our faith on what the word says and leave the, uh, the philosophy to the doctors, right? Um, and, um, and again, so I'm not uh, upset at uh, Dr. Yeomans here. She is a medical doctor. But to make such a strong statement, nothing more essential to our well-being. You know, if that's true, then Jesus was not well many times, right, when he would pray all night long. Uh, and I just find that hard to believe, right? It's kind of like, you know, they'll say that, well, bread's not good for you. But Jesus is the bread of life. You know, salt is not good for you. But we're the salt of the earth, you know. Uh, and I just, I just find it hard to believe that the very things that J Jesus said we are are things that are bad for you, you know. And so I, I don't buy it. I, I don't buy it a second, right? Oh, I can't have, you can't have bread, you know. I love bread, you know. Uh, you know, give me a loaf of bread and about a tub of butter. And um, <laughs> I mean, you know, wow. There may be some repentance that would have to go on after a while. But, uh, um, but I just can't imagine that, uh, you know, because they say you can't eat bread. I just, I just find that hard. Uh, you know, we, Jesus is the bread of life. I just find it hard to believe. Now, look, I'm not a doctor. You know, if your doctor says to you, don't eat bread, then fine. I don't care. Don't eat bread, you know. Uh, but um, uh, I just, but people will have a, uh, a, a physical reaction if you offer them a, a slice of bread. Like, you know, I know we, uh, uh, several years ago, they used to do this thing at Bryan where you could go, at Bryan College, where you could go and they uh, set up a little booth, you know, for your church or something and introduce yourself to the students. And so we'd set up a booth one year and, and we thought, well, let's give something away. We, you know, we like to give stuff away. So we gave, we brought all my books over there and, and um, gave that away. But we also gave ramen noodles. Everybody had ramen noodles, right? The little packs of, of uh, like 25 cents a pack, you know, so you can eat, eat cheap on ramen noodles. And man, I ate a lot of ramen noodles when I was in college. Uh, and um, you thought that we had taken like, you know, drugs or cocaine or something, you know. And, and I mean, the amount of people who just, now the students were like, you know, I'll take some of that, you know. But at the end of the day, we had a bunch left over. And so I tried to give some to some of the other professors. And like, oh, carbs, you know, I can't eat that. Because you know how many carbs is in that thing, you know? No, I have no idea, right? It's just a pack of ramen noodles, right? It cost a quarter. But you thought we were trying to offer them drugs or something, you know? And how many did we, we didn't give anyway to the professor? None, right? Hey, you want, and one guy, in fact, you know, he said, well, I'm from the Philippines. We have a restaurant actually called Ramen in the Philippines, you know? And, oh, you want some of these? No. I mean, all those carbs, there's no way, you know? That, that is, uh, uh, that's, uh, uh, I don't know, people are funny there. And so here it says in Psalm 127. So we're going to talk a little bit about sleep here. Because is sleep helpful? Well, I mean, uh, 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 well, let's see what it says here in verse, uh, in verse, well, let's start in verse 1. I like verse 1. It says, except the Lord build the house, the labor in vain that build it. Uh, so how many people are building empires and kingdoms in this earth? Lots of people, right? How many times do churches build uh, uh, empires and kingdoms in this earth? Many times churches or ministries will build an empire, a kingdom unto themselves, And it doesn't say that it won't, it won't succeed, it won't be built. It says that they'll build it. It, ju it just says that it's, it's in vain. Amen. So whatever you're building in your life, are you building it because the Lord instructed you to build it? Or are you building it because you want a name or, or a legacy or, you know, something like that? Uh, and so the Lord says, if he doesn't build it, it's of no value. It'll get built, but it will be of no value. Uh, and so whatever you build, make sure it's, it's the will of God. Uh, because if, if it's not the will of God, it will get built or may get built, but it will add no value to your life in this earth. And he said, except the Lord keep the city, the watchman walketh, but waketh, but in vain. It says in verse two, it is vain for you to rise up early. See, I think about that all the time right there. It is vain for you to rise up early. Uh, and to sit up late, well, that's more like me right there, to sit up late, uh, to eat the bread of sorrows. Now, some people say you've got to go to bed early. I mean, it says right there, it's vain for you to rise up early and to sit up late, right? So, I mean, um, which one is it? And the thing with Jesus is sometimes he prayed all day, sometimes he prayed all night. Uh, and I had a friend of mine say, well, the Lord told me to get up at 530 every morning and pray. And he said, so you all need to be, that, you know, if he told me that, then you all need to get up at 5.30 in the morning and pray. I, you, know, you get up at 5.30 in the morning, you know. And I always tell folks, I said, if, uh, <clears throat> we'll let the firemen go by there. I said, uh, uh, I'll make a deal. Uh, if you don't call me early in the morning when you get up, I won't call you late at night when I go to bed. Right? That's a pretty good deal, right? Because sometimes I'll be up. 
Uh, I mean, uh, it wasn't long ago I stayed up till like 4.30 in the morning. Just, you know, I was working on something on my, on my computer, doing something uh, related to the Bible, and, uh, and um, just got to working, you know. And, and um, uh, I wasn't sleepy, so I just kept on working. And then about 4.30 or so, I got a little sleepy and, and went on to bed. Uh, and, and so, and then I was fine the next day, you know, I mean, I got up, you know, only a, about four or five hours of sleep that particular night. Uh, and for me personally, I mean, I get, sometimes I'll get three or four hours of sleep. Sometimes I'll get six or eight hours of sleep and, and it just, it just doesn't, it doesn't affect me at all. Right. I just get however much sleep that I need. Uh, and so, uh, because you see, if that's true, then Jesus was out of order. Jesus was out of order praying all night. He should have waited till early in the morning and then start praying. Amen. So, is there any book, chapter, and verse that says what, uh, how, what time you should get up and pray? No. I mean, uh, we'll worship in the morning, in the, in the noonday, in the evening, right? So, you can worship him in the morning, in the noonday, or the evening. And, and, and so, uh, if it works for you to get up early, I got no problem with that, right? Uh, if it works for you to stay up late at night, uh, uh, I got no problem with that either. Because I, I want to do what the Word says. If the Word prescribed it, that you can only pray before the sun comes up, well, then that's what I would do. But the word of God doesn't prescribe that. Right. Uh, and so he says, it is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows for for so he giveth his beloved sleep. So now uh, sleep uh, problems with sleep are very common. Right. How many people do you know have problems sleeping? Either they can't sleep well, they can't go to sleep, they can't stay asleep, you know, or or sometimes it's the opposite. They can't get up. Right. They can't wake up, can't stay awake. Uh, and so. You know, there is there there is a significant amount of problems in the area of sleep in the church, right? In, in the church, people now outside the world, a lot of that's because of because of worry and, and stress. But in the church, a lot of times lack of sleep or lack of good sleep is due to stress, right? Uh, worrying and, and fretting over over uh, life's difficulties. And so uh, you got to find out for your own self, you know, is there a cause, right? Is there a cause for you to not uh, uh, not be able to sleep? And if it's due to something like worry or fretting or, or stress, then number one, you know, what the first thing you should do. First thing to do is you should repent, right? Because worry is a, is a lack of faith. That worry is God's not going to take care of it. You know, I'm concerned that that he won't do what he said he would do. So you're you're basically, you know, in one sense, you're accusing the Lord of not doing what he said he would do. So uh, and I have found myself worrying on occasion, you know, not sleeping and the first thing I always do, every single time, Lord, I repent for not uh, trusting in you. Because uh, he said, then cast all your cares upon him, right? For he cares for you. Does he, does he care for you? So how many of your cares can you cast upon him? All. all. So cast all your cares, right? All, not just some, not the big ones, right? Just, just uh, all of them, right? So if you're concerned about, you know, did, did uh, you feed the cats? You know, that's not really a big worry, but it's a worry, right? Oh, did you feed the cats? They'd be all right. I mean, they're... You think about they're out in the world. You think they get three square meals a day out in the world, you know, stray cats, you know. Uh, and so they'll be fine to the morning. Uh, and so uh, but sometimes people stay awake at night because of worry. Well, that's where you should, that's where you should repent and, and uh, ask the Lord to forgive you for not trusting him like he said he would do. But it says here that for he giveth his beloved sleep. So do we have scripture that we can believe God for good sleep? Right now, we, I take that verse and, and if you combine it over with uh, Proverbs chapter three, and these, these are my go to verses right here for sleep. Right. Uh, and so. Um, he says here uh, in verse 24, when thou liest down, thou shall not be afraid. Well, sometimes people can't sleep because they're afraid. They're afraid of whatever. Right. Afraid of the boogeyman, afraid of you know, tomorrow, afraid of their finances, afraid of, of something. Uh, he said, when thou liest down, thou shalt not be afraid. Yea, thou shalt lay down, lie down, and thy sleep shall be sweet. So in Psalms 127, he says, he'll give us sleep. And in Proverbs chapter 3, our sleep shall be sweet. So I always say that he gives his beloved sweet sleep. Right? I just combine those two verses there. Uh, so is that true, that he gives his beloved sweet sleep? So uh, that's true, right? Uh, but the prescription that... that that sleep itself is the most essential thing. Sleep itself is not the most essential thing. The most essential thing is faith in the, in the Lord, right? Uh, and then everything else comes from that. Uh, and so sh do you need sleep? Well, we, know, we do know we need sleep. I mean, the Lord, uh, uh, the Lord uh, has given us sleep there. Uh, and so and, and he says he gives us sweet sleep. So clearly, if we need sleep, then it needs to be good sleep. Amen. 
<clears throat> and so, um, so we have, um, uh, we have uh, the ability and the right to sleep. So, uh, so I think it'd be helpful to talk a little bit about that uh, to make sure that we have a scriptural foundation for uh, us to have something to apply our faith to, to have good sleep. Because if you're going to sleep, it should be good sleep, right? Uh, some people, they sleep and they toss and turn all night long and they, and they wake up and they seem like they're more tired when they wake up than when they went to bed. And it's because the quality of their sleep is not good. Uh, and then some people take uh, sleeping uh, aids, right? They take medication and different things for sleeping. Uh, and, and I'm sure that they have found, and, uh, and I'm not, again, I'm not a doctor. You do whatever your doctor prescribes to you. I'm, so I'm not telling you to stop taking your medication. But I do know that sleep that's induced due to medication is never as good as natural sleep, right? I mean, it, it gets you to, to sleep, but it's never as good as, uh, uh, as natural sleep. Uh, and so, and I know I've told this, this story uh, probably many times before, but I think in the context of this, it helped. So, you know, I, I, uh, I grew up on a farm, like on a, uh, not a big farm, but a small farm uh, and um, in a small town. Uh, and... Um, uh, we lived uh, uh, in this old house there. I don't, I don't even know when that house was built. Uh, but um, uh, my family got to go see the house you know, a few years ago. And I used to tell them the story about, you know, we lived in this house, little farmhouse. You know, we had to walk to school. had to walk to the bus stop. And it was, you know, like 12 miles to the bus stop, you know, and, and snow and sleet and earthquakes and hurricanes. And, uh, and, um, and so we finally got up there and showed it to him. And the house was like, you know, what's it, eight feet from the, from the, st from the stop sign. I mean, it was, it was like this close to the stop sign. You know, in my mind growing up, it was like so far, you know, like a mile away, right? And, uh, and it was probably what, uh, I bet it was probably 200 feet, you think? You know, maybe, you know. Uh, in my mind, it was probably eight or 900 feet at least, you know, maybe 1,000 feet, you know. And uphill, and, you know, of course, there was alligators along the way, too, and everything. And, <laughs> Uh, but, um, but we saw it and it's like, that's it. That was your story. You tell us your story all his life. And, uh, but, um, anyway, so, uh, I was about six years old and, and I was upstairs, you know, and I was never afraid of the dark or anything, but I was upstairs by myself and, and I saw somebody come up the stairs and I hollered out, you know, I thought it was one of my sisters. I hollered at him and, and, and nobody answered, you know? And so I, I, I went out of the room to, to go see who it was and it wasn't anybody. Uh, and, but I know I saw somebody go up the stairs and, and um, turns out there wasn't anybody up there. Uh, and in that moment, I got so afraid of the dark. I got uh, just terrified because I, I know what I saw and I saw something and, I, and, you know, I don't know what it was now. I mean, now it was probably just some familiar spirit that was hanging out in that particular house there because we were not exactly a Christian family and we did a lot of crazy, wild things, you know, and, and um, no doubt the devil had an opportunity to, to do things there. And, um, uh, and so... Uh, you know, there's really no such thing as ghosts, right? There's either angels or devils. There's no ghosts. There's no, there's no disembodied spirits of humans. You know, when you die, you either go to heaven or you don't go to heaven, right? You either go to heaven or you go to hell. There's no, you know, all the Hollywood stories about, well, my spirit's hanging on earth until I find who killed me or whatever. That doesn't happen, right? You die, you die and you go to heaven or you go to hell. Uh, that's the only two choices there. Uh, and so if, if there are spirit beings that are seen, they're either angels or the Lord Jesus himself, of course, or, um, or uh, demonic spirits. And so, uh, so I believe it was some kind of familiar demonic spirit that I saw. Uh, and, um, but I got just scared of the dark, afraid of the dark. Uh, and from that point on, I was afraid of the dark for, for years, for many years, right? And I would, you know, I would do things at night, you know, because uh, what would happen when it, when it get at night, you know, things get quiet, and that's when they're going to sneak up and get you, right? Uh, and so... <laughs> And so to protect myself, I'd kind of move my head back and forth to make noise because we didn't have ceiling fans. You know, rich people had ceiling fans. We didn't have ceiling fans. Uh, and so I would kind of make noise to that way. I couldn't hear them sneaking up on me. Uh, and, and so but the problem is I, I started doing that when I was just like six years old. And I did that when I was seven years old, eight years old, nine years old, 10, 12, 14, 16, tw 20. I got married when I was 24 years old or so. Still doing it even after I got married. Uh, and it, it was just almost a subconscious thing at that point in time. And so, and so uh, of course, my, my wife uh, loved me dearly and had great compassion for me. So I'd start doing that and she would kick me and that would get me to stop it. And so, uh, and so um, uh, it was true. That's true, right? Uh, and, um, uh, and so, uh, but somewhere along the way, I, I decided, you know, I, I, should, I should do something. It's been going on for 20 years. I should, I should, somebody should do something, right? Sometimes we're a little slow about that. 
Uh, and so I thought, well, uh, and, and somewhere along the way, the Lord showed me what it was. He showed me that it was, that it was a familiar spirit that I had allowed to, to attach itself to my life. I wasn't possessed of the devil, you know, anything like that, but it was a familiar spirit that was a, a fear that was attached to my life, and I needed to get it out of my life. Otherwise, I was going to suffer with this uh, sleeping problem all the days of my life. And so, uh, now, I didn't know, really know how to do anything about that. You know, I mean, I know what the Word says, but, you know, I didn't know I could just do that on my own. I, I thought I needed help. So uh, I went to my pastor. I was in Alabama at the time. I went to my pastor and said, hey, uh, here's what the Lord said, you know. And, and I, I actually asked him, hey, can I come and meet with you and talk to you about this? Oh, sure, come on, you know. So I went and met him. And before I got to talk to him, I said, hey, uh, can you help me take this uh, shed down? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Hey, can you help me go buy this thing over here? Oh, okay, yeah. I, mean, you know, I was trying to get some help, you know. Hey, and uh, can you help me do this thing over here? Well, yeah, is, is there a cost to talk to you? I mean, I didn't know I had to, had to work my way up to it, you know. I mean, I, you know, is there, is there a, did I miss something, right? If you come talk to me, you got to go plow the North 40 before we can talk about anything, right? And, uh, and so after, after working with him a whole day, I kind of felt like, uh, uh, is it Jacob and, and Leah, right, and oh, Rachel? Yeah. And, and, like, man, i got to work you 20 years to get, uh, to get these women here, you know? And so I wasn't trying to get a woman. I just wanted to get some help. Uh, and so... At the end of the day, he kind of just did a halfway, you know, oh, you're fine, you know, in the name of Jesus, you know, and, and got no help, you know. And I thought, wow, that's really sad. You know, you go to your pastor and, you know, you work all day and you still don't get any help. And, and, uh, and so you fast forward a few more years after that. Um, and, and so I knew what the Lord had showed me. You know, he showed me that, there's, that this was, an, it was a demonic oppression. It wasn't possession. It was a demonic oppression, you know. Every sleeping problem is not due to demonic oppression, but this one was. And, and, and so, and I knew it was. And. Uh, and, and listen, and so I went to, uh, I'll tell you that part in, in just a minute. So I went, the years later, now I moved, you know, went to a different city and uh, got a different church and went to the associate pastor and, and said, hey, um, can you help me? You know, the Lord showed me this and, uh, and if you'll pray, it'll be gone out of my life. That, that was my faith. If you pray, it'll be gone out of my life, you know, and I, that, what was, that was my faith. And he said, you ain't got no problems with the devil, you know, and uh, yeah, I ain't gonna pray that for you. And, uh, and I'm thinking, but that was my faith. That's where my faith was, right? And if that's where my faith was, would it hurt? It wasn't like I was saying I was possessed of the devil and I could spin my head around 360 degrees and spit out pea soup or anything like that. I just, you know, this was, this was an issue in my life. And it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like this far-fetched, you know, I look at the wallpaper and the wallpaper's moving, you know, I mean, it wasn't, you know, super weird like that. It was just, hey, there's a problem. I've got a problem with a demonic oppression in my life and I need some, I need some help somebody to hook up with me in faith to cast this thing out of my life, right? Wasn't even that big of a deal. And, and, and I mean, it was a big deal in the sense that it's been going on for 20 years, but to me, it wasn't a, uh, it wasn't, there was plenty of scripture that backs up that particular issue, right? Did, how many devils did Jesus cast out? Lots of them, right? Uh, uh, and so, um, so it wasn't like it was some weird new doctrine. It was just, hey, this is going on. And, uh, and, and so, um, so no help. I, now, you know, uh, if someone came to me and said, this is my faith, then, then that's where I start. I, I don't go beyond their faith and say, well, you ain't got a problem like that, you know. Uh, and, and I, you know, thank God that I learned from that because when people come to me now and they say, hey, you know, um, would you pray? I've got to go have surgery. Would you pray that the doctors would have wisdom? Well, could we pray where, where they wouldn't need surgery? Sure. But where is their faith? For the doctors, right? So that's as far as I can go. I can't go beyond that because then, then I become their God. And so if their faith is for the doctors to, to, um, to do well, then that's where my faith is, right? Uh, if their faith is that they don't need surgery, that God will provide and, 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 and uh, provide healing for them, well, then I can hook up with that, right? Because I know ultimately that's God's best. But everybody doesn't live at God's best. Everybody lives at wherever they are. And so if you're, if you're at, well, uh, Lord, uh, this medicine needs to do what it's supposed to do. Well, then I can hook up with that, you know, no problem, I, you know. And for me to do anything else would defeat your faith. Because if, if I say, no, we're going to pray for you, that you don't need surgery, well, then I'm praying by myself. I'm not praying with you, I'm praying at you. So I need to pray with you. If your faith is in the doctors, and, and hopefully your faith is not, you, you can't have faith in the doctors, but if your faith is that the Lord would provide doctors wisdom and, and uh, understanding to make sure that they do it right, well, then that's faith in the Lord, right? Now, if your faith is in, um, uh, I believe that this doctor is so good. I can't hook up with that because there's no, you know, there's no spiritual faith in a person. So, you know, I got to make sure that I can hook up with whatever you want. 
That's why, you know, there's no such thing as, as unspoken prayer requests, right? Pastor, I get an unspoken prayer request. Well, you're not going to tell me now. Well, what is it? Well, I want my neighbor's wife. Well, I can't hook up with that, you know. Well, no wonder it's unspoken, right? Because I can't do that. And so there's no such thing as unspoken prayer request. Because, I, you know, I mean, if it's unspoken, that's fine. But I can't hook up with an unspoken prayer request, right? Because how can two be in agreement unless they walk together? I can't walk with you if I don't know where you're going. Uh, well, just follow. I'm not following you. You know, we're going to walk together. So, so I went to two ministers and got no help. Now, you, now to me, that's a sad, uh, a sad indictment of the ministry, right? That if you go to, if you go to a minute, you ought to be able to get help, right? And so, you know, I'm really cautious when people come to me. First thing I got to find out is where is their faith? Where is your faith? You know, if you got no faith, then it's just all on me, which is fine if, if, unless you're in unbelief and I can't overcome unbelief. But if you got no faith, you know, I might be able to help you out there. But if you've got some level of faith, then wherever that is, that's, that's as far as I can go. And that's as far as I will go. I won't go beyond your faith. You know, I've got to go wherever your faith is. Uh, and so, so I'm talking to the Lord about it. Lord, what, you know, what do you do? Because I'm kind of, kind of stuck. I, got this, I know I've got this problem in my life. I know it's a problem. Uh, but I, I, went to your, I went to your people, Lord, to your ministers. Now, see, some people, I ain't never going back to church again. You know, I ain't going to help me with that. Dumbest thing in the world, you know. You ain't going to keep me out of church because of your lack of spirituality, uh, and so. Uh, but but I did. In fact, that same that same assistant pastor, years later, you know, I used to run the sound, and um, I've known, you know, since I was born again, since I was 15 years old, I'd be in the ministry someday. I didn't know how, when, where, what it looked like, but I knew I'd be in the ministry. And I was just talking to him one day. I said, you know, I won't, I won't be running sound forever. Someday I'll be in the ministry. And he looked at me and said, I don't see you ever doing anything but running sound. And I, and I made a mental note. This person will not help me get to where I need to be. This person is not a help to my life. And I'm not mad at them. You know, not, don't have any own forgiveness. But I know this person will not help me. Uh, you know, I was a great sound man, right? I mean, I, I did everything was, with excellence and, and was uh, faithful, and, and, which is pretty rare, right? I mean, it's actually pretty rare to find a good, solid uh, sound man. You know, we got one now, and, and you can't pay him enough, right? Uh, and so... Uh, it's really hard to find one who, who cares enough to do the job well. Uh, and, and so they're out there, I know, but, um, but uh, I know big churches have a hard time even some, finding somebody who's willing to be faithful over that job. Uh, and, and I was faithful over it, knowing that someday I wouldn't be doing it, but while I was doing it, I was going to be faithful. And so he said, yeah, I don't ever see you doing anything. And note to self, you know, there's two strikes right there, right? This person will not help me get to, the, to become the person that I'm supposed to be. Uh, and so uh, <clears throat> now that's not on me. That's on him. Right. Because my faith is someday I'll be in the ministry. You know why? I mean, if it was like my faith is to, you know, have 20 wives at the same time. Well, I can't hook up with that. That's not biblical, obviously. Right. Well, why wouldn't you hook up with with wherever your faith is at? And I know sometimes people, you know, they have they have dreams or whatever that just, you know, I know some. I know one person right now, older than me, and never done anything as far as ministry for the Lord. That they believe the Lord's called them to a worldwide ministry. Like, but you haven't never done anything. And 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 they said, well, I don't really want to travel. I hate traveling. You know, I'd rather stay at home. Uh, but somebody prophesied over me. Okay, right there. You know, if whatever they prophesied isn't you, then I'd throw it away. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if I came, to, uh, if I came to, and I know if another friend of mine. Uh, that uh, uh, she was a housewife, been a housewife all of her life, you know, as long as she'd been married, been a housewife, never had it, held a, a job, a full-time job outside of being a housewife. Nothing wrong with that, right? Perfectly fine. Uh, uh, it's to be commended. Uh, and, um, you know, on occasion would, would teach some Sunday school classes to the children and uh, on a rare occasion would do something like maybe a jail ministry service or something, but for the most part, just a housewife, you know. And, and again, not to diminish that, but that's where they were. And another prophet came through town and said, uh, you are a prophet to the nations. So not just one nation, but multiple nations, you know, and, and uh, you know, Moses wasn't a prophet to the nations. He was a prophet to Israel. Uh, uh, Isaiah wasn't a prophet to the nations. He was a prophet to Israel. Jeremiah was a prophet to the nations, a prophet to both the, uh, to Israel and to Egypt. So there wasn't many prophets to the nations, plural, right? Uh, uh, and even Jesus, how far outside of Israel did he get? Nowhere. He was a prophet to Israel. Uh, and of course, now he's the Lord of all the earth, uh, but at the time when he was on the earth, he was limited to, to Israel. Remember what he said that I'm sent to the, to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He wasn't sent anywhere else but to Israel. And, and so, well, something like that would, could ruin somebody. Amen. Just ruin their whole life. Because now, 
their heart is here, but a prophet has told them that they're over here. Well, then how do you bridge that gap? If your heart's here, but the, but the prophet has said you're here. Well, see, that's the problem with the prophet's ministry in the New Testament is the prophet's ministry is not to lead the church. The prophet's ministry at the most is to confirm the church, uh, what they already know in the spirit that's already in their hearts. Because don't you have the spirit of God in you? If you've got the Spirit of God in you, then there, should be never, then there should be no minister who speaks things to you that's not already in your heart. And if it's not in your heart, you throw it away. You don't put it, you don't put it on a shelf and save it for later. You throw it away because from the, before the foundation of the world, the Lord called you to who you were, who you are right now, and who you are going to be. And, and, and He's been telling you all your life that's who you are. Uh, and, and it shouldn't be a secret. It shouldn't be like, wow, I didn't know that, you know. I've known I'd be in the ministry for, for, since I was a, a teenager. I don't know the specifics of that. I don't know what it looked like, but I knew that from the uh, nearly the day I got born again. I knew I'd be in the ministry, uh, and so, so when that fellow said, "You'll never be in the ministry," that ain't right. You know, he wasn't prophesying, but that ain't right. You know, I've had people prophesy over to me what the Lord would do in my life, and many of them come to pass, and I've not tried to make it happen. And some things that they've said still haven't come to pass, but not my job to make that to happen. That's the Lord's job to make that happen. Uh, but it fits in line with where I am and where I'm going and, and those types of things. And so, so uh, been to two ministers, neither one helped. Uh, it's unfortunate, and so I'm kind of stuck. So I'm talking to the Lord. Lord, you know, what do I do? What's, what's plan B, right? I mean, plan C, I've already done A, that didn't work out. B, that didn't work out. I'm down to C, you know, what's going to work out? And, and, and uh, the Lord's good. He said, go to my word. And, and, and these two verses right here are the two verses he gave me, you know, and there's, you know, there's 31,000 verses in the Bible, uh, and he gave me two of them. And two's plenty, right? One's plenty. Two's like double good, right? Uh, and so, so he gave me these two verses. And so that's all I needed. I, uh, all I needed to know was that he said he would give his beloved sweet sleep. Amen. Amen. Doesn't matter if you've been doing this for 20 years. Doesn't ma- it doesn't matter, right? Well, you can't, you can't, you've been doing that too long. You know, that's just who you are. No, I don't believe that at all. I don't ever believe, I don't ever believe that who you are right now is where you're stuck the rest of your life. Everything is subject to change by faith. Yes. Who you are, the person you think you are, what you think, how you think, how you talk, how you act, all subject to change by faith if you want it to. Amen? Uh, you are not destined to be, well, this is who I am. I would never say anything like that. Amen. It may be who, who I am at this very second, but if I, don't want it to be that, if I don't want to be that person, I will change and become a better person. Uh, and so, so I, I would just, I, I, I use those two verses. I didn't cast the devil out. I didn't take the, use the name of Jesus. I didn't uh, take authority over thing. Uh, I might do it now, but, uh, you know, I wasn't really uh, uh, experienced in, in, in those types of things. But I knew the word. I knew the word works, and I love the word of God. Uh, and so I'd go to bed every night and say, Lord, I thank you. Uh, before I went to sleep, I thank you that I have sweet sleep. Every night, Lord, I thank you that I have sweet sleep, and then I'd go to sleep. Uh, and, and then, uh, uh, so I've been doing that for 20 years. Within like two weeks, it was all gone. Uh, never did it again. My wife hadn't kicked me in 20 years, you know. Uh, and, and so, and that's been now probably nearly 30 years now uh, since, uh, since that's happened, right? Uh, 30 years, my wife hasn't kicked me, so things are going pretty good, right? Uh, and so, but here's the thing. Because of that faith that I have sweet sleep, I could sleep anywhere. Uh, in any circumstances, any situation, doesn't matter, you know, uh, I mean, I get on an airplane, I people, oh, I could never sleep on an airplane. I mean, I get on an airplane, I, I, I buckle, as soon as I hit the click on the, on the buckle, man, I'm passed out, you know. I'm, if I'm tired, I'm taking me a nap, you know. Oh, how can you sleep on a plane? Well, you close your eyes and you go to sleep. That's how you sleep on an airplane, right? Oh, I can never sleep on an airplane. See, I don't ever say something stupid like that because cause that says, God, you can't, you can't do what your word says. He gives his beloved sweet sleep unless you're in aisle 36, and then you can't sleep in aisle 36, right? Uh, and, and oh, I got to have my pillow, you know, it's my, it's the only pillow I can sleep on, you know, you give me a slab of rock, you know, I'll sleep anywhere, right, uh, and, and so it doesn't matter, but well, it's too hot, it don't matter, if it's too cold, it don't matter, right, it just, it doesn't matter, because, uh, because anything you say that you can't sleep because of this, what you're saying is, is this thing, whatever this thing is, is more powerful than the word of God, I can't sleep on that mattress. Oh, I can't sleep. I just can't sleep on that hard mattress. You know, I can't sleep on hard mattresses, you know. Uh, I mean, if I'm horizontal, I'll sleep, right? And uh, I mean, we, when we had young kids, I'd go on a Sunday afternoon. If I want to take a nap, I'd just put the recliner down. The kids are screaming, you know, hanging from the chandeliers, you know, running through the house, you know, their hair's on fire or whatever, and I'll just sleep. And, and, 
And then when I wake up, you know, then, then I'll be fine, right? Uh, and so we'll deal with the hair on fire when I wake up. Uh, and because either that or the word of God is not true. Either he gives his beloved sweet sleep or he doesn't. And, and there's no, is there any loopholes in those verses? Is it, is it to say, hey, you know, unless you've got an important job, unless you're working too much, unless you've got to get up early, unless you went to bed late, unless, you know, the, the fan quit working or the air conditioning broke or the, the, or the mattress got a lump in it or, you know, the dog snoring or, the, you know, the husband snoring or the wife is snoring or the, you know. I, I remember uh, growing up, uh, my, my room was at one end of the house. My mom's room was at the other end of the house. I could hear her snoring all the way on the other side of the house. I mean, that's major, you know. The neighbors would call, you know, the United Nations would call. Hey, you know, your mom is sleeping. Nobody can, can sleep over here, you know, in, in England. And, and, and uh, I mean, she is snoring so loud. And, uh, and so uh, is there any limit? Did God put a limit on those verses? No limit on those verses. So, so we have a right to claim by his word, Lord, you give me sweet sleep. <clears throat> and then, but you've got to hook up with it by your faith, because if you hook it up, hook up with it only by excuse, well, Lord, you'll give me sweet sleep. Unless, well, the air's out. I can't sleep. You know, if no air conditioning, I can't sleep. Fans broke, I can't sleep, right? Uh, and I always call it what I call it. The, the, you ever seen that? They read the, the story, The Princess and the Pea? That's a great, uh, it's a great uh, uh, fairy tale, right? Because they, there's this girl that, uh, that said that uh, she was a princess. Well, we don't believe you're a princess. You know, prove it, you know? Uh, and, and so they had her sleep on like 20 mattresses. And under the 20th mattress, they put just a pea, just a little pea. And she got the next morning, her hair's all crazy. Oh, I couldn't sleep at all. You know, why not? Oh, the bed was so lumpy, you know, because 20 mattresses below, it was a tiny little pee, right? And so unless it was perfect, you know, as a princess, she couldn't sleep. And so anybody, you know, can't, oh, you're like the princess in the pee, right? And you can't sleep because of a pee in your bed, you know, a little tiny little green pee and under 20 mattresses. And, and so, uh, uh, and I'll never say that. I'll sleep anywhere, uh, anytime. And, and then when I'm, when I'm done, get enough sleep, I'll wake up and, uh, and now, that, see, that's the word, right? But see, I would never say that there's nothing more essential to my well-being than sleep. Because to me, sleep is like the, the least important thing in my life. I mean, if I could not sleep, I would be glad to never sleep again because I got so much work to do. I wanted to get this thing done. I get that thing done. And if I could just not sleep, I'd be glad to not ever sleep. So I go to bed when I'm tired. I wake up when I'm, when I'm refreshed. Yeah, and and it's, it's rarely, if ever, the same number of hours uh, every day. Now, Doctors would probably fuss at me all the, oh, you know, you know, you know, uh, I had, you know, my doctor, he's retired now, I got to go find me another one somewhere, but he said, do you, how well do you sleep every night? I said, great every night. Well, you, there's no way. Every night. Every night I sleep great. Every night. I don't, well, do you take anything? Nope. I don't ever take anything. I've never, in fact, I don't guess I've ever had a sleeping pill. Uh, and, and so I sleep great every single night, every night. Uh, and, and on the rare occasion that I can't sleep, it's always because I'm thinking about something that I've got to repent about, about worrying about something or some situation. And I repent and I'll go back, uh, and I'll go back to sleep. Now, that's what the word says. Amen. And that's where my faith is. My faith is not that sleep is more important than anything else. To me, the most important thing is my faith in the word of God. Amen. And that is true. Right. That is the most essential thing to our well-being is your faith. Uh, and so. Uh, and, you, and if you remember, turn over to, uh, um, turn, well, let's see, we've got a couple of places we can look at there. Um, yeah, let's turn over to John chapter 4. We'll look at that verse there. Now, you know, you've got to be careful about a lot of things because uh, if you're not careful, some people will take things to an extreme and say, you know, I'm never sleeping again. Well, you know, that's not going to work out for you, right? Uh, but the, the thing is, uh, the way that I see it is, unless the Lord has some special thing for you to do, like pray all night or, you know, do some special event or something, then you just listen to your body and you do what your, you know, what your body uh, uh, dictates for you to do within some constraints. Because if your body runs your life, you don't let my body run my life. But, you know, if you're tired, you go to sleep. If you're not tired, you wake up. Uh, but sometimes people's bodies run their life, right? Oh, I got to get, you know, so many, so many, um, I've got to get so many um, uh, weeks of vacation a year. And I always love that, you know, oh, I, got, I need vacation. Really, got to have vacation, right? I like vacation. I love vacation. In fact, we're trying to plan a vacation right now, you know. Uh, and so, uh, but I don't have to have vacation. 
Because the Abraham says you have to have it. And what you're saying, so your vacation is more real than the word of God, right? More real to you than, than the, the, the peace of God, right? Uh, and I just got to get away. You got to get away, right? See, anytime I hear I have to, uh, you know, you know the answer to this question, right? What do I hear after the words I have to? Blah, 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 right? Because if you say you have to have something, that ain't true. Nice to have vacation, right? Nice to have sleep. But um, um, uh, let's read here in John chapter 4. And so, uh, you remember the story that uh, they came to the well, right? The woman with the well. And so Jesus started talking to the woman at the well. And and, and, um, so there's a lot that we won't go into that conversation. While he was doing that, the disciples went off to the city to get food, right? And and bring food back. Uh, And so, uh, it says in verse 27, after he was done talking to the woman at the well... And it says, upon this came his disciples and marveled that he talked with this woman. Yet no man said, what seekest thou or why talkest thou with this woman? The woman then left her water pot, went her way into the city and said to the men, come see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came to him. In the meanwhile, his disciples prayed him saying, master, eat. So they'd gone, got him some food and brought it, brought it back to him. And he said to them, now it says uh, early on, um, uh, let's see, uh, let's, let's go back um, to, if we can find it there. I may not be able to find it there. Um, oh, yeah, in verse 6 of chapter 4, it says, Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. So Jesus was, was physically tired, right? Is that what it says? He was wearied, so he's physically tired and needed a rest and, and probably was needing to eat there, right? Uh, and so... So in between him sitting down and resting while they went to go get food, he's talking to this woman. And so now they ask him to eat, to, to eat. And, and he says in verse 32, but he said to them, I have meat to eat that ye know not of. Therefore, his disciples one, uh, therefore said the disciples one to another, hath any man brought him ought to eat? And Jesus said, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. So, so what Jesus is saying, you know, normally I'd eat. Normally, I'd rest and do whatever I need, but there's, if there's work to do and the Lord wants me to do it, then that's the most important thing. He said, that's, he, and he said, my strength, my meat, uh, my sustenance is to do the will of the Father. That's where I get my sustenance from, not from my, my chicken nuggets, not from my scrambled eggs, but from the, doing the will of the Father. Everything else is secondary, right? And if we could live that way, that's what the Word says, right? Nothing wrong with eating a chicken leg. Nothing wrong with whatever, you know, can of soup you want to eat. Uh, I mean, nothing wrong with that, you know. But uh, if there are things that we've got to do that's the will of the Father, that would take precedence. Well, I can't do it, Lord. I'm tired. Really? Can't do it because you're tired. Jesus was tired, yet did he minister to this woman? He did, right? He could have said, woman, I'm tired. You know, don't bother me. And I know people who, you know, when they get tired, man, they get cranky. Uh, and, and, you know, you ever had kids? We well, had kids growing up, right? And you ever known kids when they get tired, they get cranky? Yeah, and I always told my kids, I said, it doesn't matter if you're tired, not tired, you know, whatever, you are not allowed to act that way. I hear a lot of parents say, well, they're just tired. You know what happens when they become adults? They get cranky. Well, I'm just tired. And then they live by excuse. They live by the excuse that, well, my, my physical body is tired, therefore I get to suspend all my Christian responsibilities. Uh, and so, and that's the way I live, right? Uh, I, I, love, I love you unless I'm tired and I'm going to bite your little head off. And, 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 and you can't do, say anything about it because I'm tired. Uh, well, no, you've got to act like a Christian whether you're tired or not, right? Uh, and so, so Jesus said, I have meat that you don't know of, that you, have, that, that you know not of. So he was sustained by doing the will of the Father, amen? And, and so that's the balance there that, that uh, you know, just naturally, he was tired. He was, they went to go get food. He was going to plan to eat food. But in the meantime, he had to minister to this woman here, help her change her whole life, and then change the whole life of the city that she went to, right? She became a, a witness and a testimony of the goodness of God. Uh, and, and, he, and so he was refreshed by doing the work of the ministry. Uh, and, and so, you know, you've always got to be careful about taking your words and being in conflict with the word of God, right? Well, I'm too tired to do this. Well, is it the will of God for you to do it? If it's the will of God for you to do it, then you've got to believe God that he will sustain you while you do that. Many times we will take, we will take our natural circumstances and elevate that above the will of God. Well, I can't do that because I'm tired. And, and I understand, you know, there, there is a balance. I, I know Brother Hagen would talk about that, you know, sometimes he'd minister to hundreds of people, sometimes thousands of people. 
And he would minister until the anointing left him. And then when the anointing left, then he would stop. You know, some people would power through, right, and do that. But again, if the anointing's gone, then what should you do? What should you do? Then you should leave too, right? If the anointing's gone, you should leave. Uh, and because um, there's times he said he would power through and he ended up being sick because after the anointing's gone, then he's really operating under his own strength and not under the strength of the Lord, right? Not under the strength that Jesus did. I have meat that you know of. My meat is to do the will of him that sent me. So if the Spirit of God is there, it's the will of God for you to, to do that, right? But if the, if the Spirit of God leaves, giving you a hint that it's time for you to shut it down, then, then that's what you should do, right? Don't power through. You follow the, you follow the will of God, right? Uh, and if the, the will of God is there, then, then, then you, you go on forever, right? Because he'll sustain you. Now, that's, that's what the Word instructs us. That's what the Word teaches us there, right? Uh, and we know... Um, uh, uh, Let's see, well, we got time. Let's turn up to 1 Timothy chapter 4. So did Jesus say he never eats? No. In that moment, though, in that the necessity of that moment required him to assist that particular woman there and, and to sit and talk. And we don't know because it says she, he told me everything I did. Now, we only know of a couple of things that he told her about her marriage stuff. But she said he told her everything he did. So he probably spent a lot of time with her uh, talking to her because how long would it take to walk to another city, go buy food and walk back to, you know, it wouldn't be five minutes, right? I mean, it'd take five minutes just to walk anywhere. And then you, uh, and it was probably took, took a while to get wherever they're going. And so, uh, so there was, it was probably quite a bit of time there. So here we are in first Timothy chapter four. And I think we know that this particular verse, it says in verse eight, uh, for bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable in all things, having promise of life that now is and of that which is to come so is that a true statement that's a true statement so is there any value whatsoever in exercise church is little right so there there is some value in exercise right uh, if you're comparing natural exercise to godliness which one is more valuable godliness is more this is what paul says right uh, is that true statement that's what the word says right but in the church how how much have we elevated natural exercise right it's not it's not quite as bad today as it has been in the past in the past it used to be unless you're you know a size zero or whatever you know you're, you're not godly and you know you gotta your body is a temple of the holy ghost it is a temple of the holy ghost right uh, and you should you should worship it almost you know and, and no i mean sometimes uh, you don't feed it because you the will of god is to do other things right sometimes you 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 fat cause it to fast uh because there's other things more important than than your personal satisfaction right uh and so uh now see all now th those are scriptural principles right that's we read the john chapter 4 first uh, timothy chapter 4 we read the verses there about uh, sleep in, in the old testament uh and so uh so she and she quoted this other fella uh that said uh, i don't know who this fella is gene gene tunney once stated in the course of an interview that in his opinion Plenty of healthy sleep is of more importance than anything else in the training of an exercise of, of an athlete. He rated it as of higher value than proper diet, suitable exercise, workouts, or any other part of the training. Now, in the natural world, that may be a true statement. I don't know if it's a true statement or not. I'm not a doctor, right? In the natural world, but in the world of faith, is that a true statement? That that uh, that is it is the most important. Thing. it is more important than anything else no it can't possibly be true because jesus suspended his need for natural food in order to do the will of god right uh, and so and that wasn't the only time many times he would spend all night in prayer right uh, remember he when the when, when he went to the wilderness he fasted for how many days 40 days right how long did moses stay on the mountain when when he was talking to the lord 40 days, right? No food, no water, right? 40 days on the mountain, right? Uh, and, and so, uh, well, you can't, you know, they tell you it's, it's like three, three, and three, right? Uh, three days without water, three, three weeks without food, and, and then uh, maybe, I don't know what it is, but, the, but there's something like that, right? Uh, you have to have so many, you got to get sleep, so much time, so much water, and so much food. Uh, and, um, uh, and I tell you, that, that's the most important thing. Well, that's not the most important thing. The most important thing is the will of God, Amen. Uh, and so, uh, so I, I think it is helpful um, that uh, 
we do get rest. If the Lord instructs you to rest, then you should rest, right? Uh, and sometimes the Lord will prescribe to you what you need is rest. Uh, because sometimes in our, in our natural desire, you know, some people, they, they move at 110% all the time, right? They just go, 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 right? My wife is the one of those people, right? She doesn't know, you know, how to just relax. And, you know, I mean, I, uh, I mean there's like a, you know, a sock on the floor, right? And, she, you know, she can't sleep until the sock's on the floor, right? And I'm thinking I could dump all my socks on the floor and still sleep, right? I mean, just get them all and put them right there and I can sleep just fine, right? I mean, it won't bother me a bit, right? Yeah, but, uh, you know, uh, and, you know, because she likes a nice, a neat house, you know, that's fine, right? And I like a nice, neat house, you know, unless I got to get up and take the socks away and then It'll be fine, right? They're not hurting nobody. Uh, and so, uh, but, um, and so you gotta, you got to find out what's, what works for you, right? I can't tell you what works for you. I can tell you what the Word says about sleep, that you have the right and the privilege to have sweet sleep. That's true, right? I can't tell you how hard you should work. You know, some people just work harder than other people, right? Uh, you know, I think I'm one of the hardest working people I know until I met Johnny, right? And you know, get around Johnny, right? And he'll, he'll put you all to shame, right? I mean, he'll outwork uh, people uh, a fifth of his age. I was going to say half his age, but, you know, 20-year-olds. Uh, and, you know, and, and so, uh, and but that's part of my work ethic, right? This is who I am. And that doesn't make me right or wrong. You know, some people think, unless you work, you know, like a dog, you know, you're not really spiritual. It's just, that's all our natural stuff, right? Uh, you work however you work, right? Uh, and so uh, I do know sometimes, you know, uh, I'll tell people, um, uh, like I was working with some younger people uh, not long ago, and, and they were putting some, some wire up together, and, 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 um, uh, and so they stapled it all up in the wall there, and I said, okay, that looks good. Take it all down and do it neat next time, right? Because uh, it was all turned on crooked, you know, and so it's like, you can do it just as neat. doesn't take any more work to make it look neat, and then it makes it look like that, right? So take it all down. And, and, you know, and we're going to cover it all up with wood anyway. You're not ever going to see it, but I'll know it's there, right? Uh, and so, you know, some things I'm a little picky about. And, and so, uh, so, you know, in all of these things, you've got to find the balance for you. Number one is your faith needs to be in the Lord, right? Not in your mattress or your pillow or your blanket or, you know, your, your binky, whatever it is. Your faith has to be in the Lord. Amen. Uh, and, and not even in your pills or your doctors, right? If you're taking... Sleep aids, your faith needs to be in the Lord that the sleep aids do what it's supposed to do. Because you ever read all the, all the things about sleep aids in particular? This may help you sleep. It might cause you to be an axe murderer, but it, it, it could help you sleep, right? I mean, it, it, it's serious, right? Sleep aids are really strong medication. Uh, and so, again, you, you do whatever your doctor says, but don't have faith in your doctor or your medication. Have faith in the Lord that the medication does what it's supposed to do, right? And then believe God someday, you know, I won't have to take these pills to sleep. Someday I can, I'll do just what the word says and sleep just by what the word says. Amen. Uh, and so uh, Dr. Yeomans elevated sleep as being the most vital thing. To me, it's way down on the list. I mean, way down the list. The most important thing, the will of God. Uh, and, you know, and, and in, in that is faith in the Lord, right? Faith in the Lord and the will of God is the most important thing. And if you do those things, sleep will come, right? Uh, and then faith in his word, and you'll be fine, right? Uh, and so, so I just, I, you know, I struggle with this particular chapter because I couldn't hook up with any of the statements, right? That sleep is this important. To me, sleep and food, not that important. Sleep and food, way down here, right? Faith in the Lord, way up here, right? Will of God, way up here, right? You got to have food, got to have sleep. You know, the Bible never said you can go your whole life without food. The Bible never said you can go your whole life without sleep. Uh, and so, but the Bible does say if you're going to sleep, it should be sweet. Yes. And, and, uh, and if you eat food, then it should, it should be sanctified, right? The Bible says that uh, your food is sanctified by the word of God in your prayer. Uh, and, and some people are like, oh, I got to eat certain food. And we, I mean, this is not about food, this chapter about food, but uh, I got a real problem with people. You got to eat certain things, right? I can't find that in the Bible. The Bible says, whatever you eat, as long as it's sanctified by the word of God in prayer, you're good, right? Well, you've got to eat this. I, I can't see that in the word, right? Uh, in fact, Paul talks many times about eating things strangled, you know, uh, uh, sacrificed to idols. He said, I'd be fine, eat it, you know. You think that was probably good food that was been sacrificed to idols, but hanging on a, on a hook on a, on a tree for the last five days? You know, I'd just eat it, be fine, right? Eat it, you know. What about it's got botulism in it? I'd be fine, you know, eat it, you know. Now, you eat whatever you want to eat, right? None of my business, but 
but again, people elevate food and the faith in their food. Uh, in fact, I'll, I'll tell you this, and, we'll, and then we'll, we'll close it up there, but uh, we were going somewhere, and, and I said, well, what, what do you want to eat, honey? She said, uh, well, something healthy. And when she said that, now we, she probably said that a hundred times before that, right? But in that moment, when she said that, just down here, so there's a check in my spirit. Uh, because what, what that statement is, is that, well, this over here is good, but if you eat this over here, it'll kill you. So this is healthy, and this is not. So then, then what I'm doing is I'm constraining my faith. So, so uh, my, the Bible says that whatever I eat, as long as it's sanctified by the word of God in prayer, now that has to be faith. It can't be just presumption. It can't be just, you know, whatever. But the word of God says that whatever you eat, uh, it all, the Bible also says, let your moderation be seen by all men, right? So, I mean, you could probably eat a donut every now and then, but if you ate 12 donuts every time, is that moderation? Not moderation. So can you exceed the word of God? You can exceed the word of God, right? But some doctors don't ever eat a donut. Have you ever had a donut? I mean, you know, uh, it's like, don't ever eat bacon. Like, have you ever had bacon? I mean, you know, if you ever have bacon, you'll, you'll, you'll eat bacon, right? Uh, and so, uh, but look, if you don't like bacon, fine. You know, that means there's more for me because it's kind of constrained right now, right? And so, uh, but in all of those things, we should follow the word of God, right? The church loves to elevate things, you know. Oh, we're going to eat, you know, this, you know, uh, greens and leaves, right? Uh, uh, and that's all we're going to eat, right? Greens and leaves. Uh, and, and, and that's good for you, right? Yeah, but then uh, have you seen what a cow look like? Is that your goal to look like a cow? I mean, that's all they eat is greens and leaves, right? My goal is not to look like a cow, right? And so, uh, I mean, if that's your goal, you know, fine. No, none of my business, right? But uh, um, so uh, let's elevate the word of God Amen. to where it belongs, right? Now, you find what works for you. Well, pastors, I can eat whatever you want to, whatever I want to. Well, I say whatever your flesh wants, right? Because your flesh will eat everything in sight, right, all the time. It'll eat the whole box of donuts. Uh, in fact, uh, Jared was telling me about a friend of his that uh, ate, what, uh, drank what? Uh, like a whole case of soda, like in uh, a couple of days or something like that? Like a whole case of soda. And his, and his, and his blood sugar went, you know, out, through, out you know, to the moon and had to be hospitalized because he nearly killed himself, right? Well, I mean, that's not moderation, right? Uh, and and uh, a friend of mine, his wife went out of town. Of course, wife got out of town, so he just eat whatever, right? It was what he eat, everything. And he ended up, he had to go to the doctor, right? And, and uh, uh, the doctor said, what'd you eat? You know, I ate some frozen pizza. Well, how many did you eat? Like five. You ate five frozen pizzas like in two days? Yeah, five. Well, you know, and it's a cheap kind, right? The kind with, uh, if you look at the, the main ingredients of the cheese in, in frozen pizza, it says gum. That's the first one, right? So you eat five five things of, of, of bubble gum, what's going to happen? You don't need a doctor, you need a plumber, right? Uh, and so, and that's what his problem was. He needed a plumber, right? Uh, and, and that was a problem. Uh, and so they gave him, you know, some, some uh, roto-rooter and, and uh, you know, and it helped him. And that, but that was his problem. So, see, is that moderation? Not moderation, right? It's out of the will of God. You, you've exceeded the, the scriptures, amen? Uh, and so I don't have any prescription of what you could eat and what you can't eat. You find out what works for you. Amen. But don't elevate food above the word of God and don't elevate sleep over the word of God. Don't elevate exercise over the word of God. You, ele you elevate the word of God first and everything else will flow from there. Right. Uh, and so and that's what the word says. Amen. So let's go with what the word says and let's not say things like the most essential thing you can have is a good night's sleep. <clears throat> that is not even true at all, spiritually speaking, Amen. not even close to true. Right. Uh, and so, uh, so we, we, uh, I know we're a little bit past time, but we've only got three questions. So you want to answer them real quick? Uh, question number one says, what kind of sleep does the Lord give his children? Sweet sleep, Sweet sleep right? Uh, according to the word of God between sleep and godliness, which one is most profitable to us? Godliness, godliness right? Uh, that, that would be a, for some people would be a strange statement. You know, godliness is not important. You know, not, not as neither important as my 20 reps I got to do. Uh, question number three says, according to, to medical science, as we understand it, is it possible, uh, for, I say two medication, but is it possible for medication to provide as sound a sleep as natural sleep? It wasn't true when she wrote this book. It's still not true today, right? Even in the, the, the sleep medications they have today, they have, uh, you know, a list of things it can do like this, a list of things it might do is this, right? Uh, and they might things do or, or bad. So if you are taking that, you should believe God that it does only what it's supposed to do and nothing else, right? 
But you can get to a point where, according to the Word of God, sleep well every night. No problems. Amen. And, uh, and I've been living, uh, just coasting off that faith from 30 years ago. Still sleep great every night, every single night. Never have a problem sleeping. Amen. Uh, and so uh, let's, let's pray and thank the Lord for his word today. So, Father, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you, Father, for the blessings of your word. And, Father, we will elevate your word above all things. We will elevate your will above all things, Father. We will not fall in line with the world and the world's thinking about how important exercise and food and uh, in right living, all of those things, according to the natural means, we will elevate your word, Father. And so uh, our faith is in your word and our faith is in your will. And if we do that, Father, then we get all the privileges of heaven. We get all the privileges of your word. We thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. We hope we didn't make anybody mad, you know. I mean, sometimes people watch this on Facebook and all that, you know. And so, um, but... Um, uh, I just want to go with what the word says. Amen. Did she have any book, chapter and verse for these statements that she's made? That she didn't have a single verse for any of them. Right. Not a single verse. Uh, and so, uh, in fact, I was trying to see if there's any verses in that chapter. Was there any verses? Because all the verses I've got. Oh, did she? OK. Yeah. Uh, well, she didn't apply them as accurately as she should. Right. Because <laughs> she said they're more important than the word. Right. And so, you know, we're going to hook up with that. But. Anyway, are we mad at Dr. Yeomans? We're not mad at her, you know. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure she's getting sweet sleep now. She's in heaven. So, uh, all right, praise God. Well, let's get ready to receive this afternoon's offering. And so don't forget, uh, Brother Randy will be with us here in a couple of weeks. And looking forward to him seeing there. And um, uh, we've got some, uh, come ahead, Mr. Jared, and receive the offering. We've got some, some uh, invitation cards. If you want to take some and invite people to healing school, uh, when Brother Randy's here, then uh, that'd be good because sometimes people will come to hear a guest speaker, but not, you know, they don't want to go to church in particular. Uh, and so if you want some of those cards, they're back on the back table there. And, and uh, I'd love to get it filled up for Brother Randy when he's here. And because um, uh, he's, you know, he, he's been traveling for like 40 years with Brother Hagen, you know, when he was alive. But, you know, since Brother Hagen's still been traveling, he'd been in ministry for like something like 40 years uh, and, um, and faithful to the Lord and got a lot of things to add to our lives and impart into our lives. So... That'll be in a couple of weeks. So, well, be blessed. Have a wonderful week in the Lord, and you're dismissed.